Hello and welcome to Underground Chicago Talk. I'm your host, Rudolph. Today, I'm talking politics and voting in America. And upstairs is the Chicago Board of Elections, located at 69 West Washington, Suite 600. 312-269-7900. Now, the Board of Election is responsible for running elections in Chicago. From shouting candidates' names, to hanging chads, to electronic scanning, the nature of voting has a long, long, sometimes bumpy history in the United States. Voting is said to be the cornerstone of American democracy. But the United States Constitution doesn't say how Americans should cast their ballots in elections. Article 1, Section 4 simply states that it's up to each state to determine the time, place, and manner of holding an election. Amid COVID-19, the Chicago Board of Education is facing a critical shortage of poll workers. Most poll workers have traditionally been over the age of 60, making them especially vulnerable to complications if they contract COVID-19. Poll workers are critical to the success of an election. So if you want to be a poll worker, call your local election board. In 1788, the founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, Hamilton, and all the guys established the Electoral College. After giving non-land owners the right to vote. Because remember, during that time, only the land owners could vote. For instance, a land owner back then, during the times of slavery, a slave had considered to be one-fifth of a vote. So it took five slaves to make one vote for the land owner. Now, his wife could not even vote. So that's where that one-fifth thing came in at. Now, funny thing about that is that voting time, you considered one-fifth of a person. But then after voting, you went back to being, the slaves went back to being chattel. (laughs) What a contradiction. Well, I guess that's no more than all the other contradictions. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That was the first contradiction. As you know, the American people do not, do not directly elect the president. Oh, no. Your vote is counted through your electoral votes that are given in your state. 
For the first 50 years of American elections, voting, was it done in private? No, it wasn't. Are you surprised at that? Now it's such a secretive thing. And back then, voters didn't even make their choice on paper ballots. Instead, those with the right to vote, which was only white men at the time, and land owners, went to the local courthouse and publicly cast their vote out loud. Yes, out loud. Now, this was known as voice voting. Voice voting, which was the law in most states through the early 19th century, and which Kentucky maintained until 1891. And those men were overwhelmingly Protestants and over the age of 21. Meaning only a small subset of the population could vote. Just 67% of men in America were eligible to vote to elect the first president, George Washington, in 1789. By 1840, white women began to organize for the right to vote as black women marched for freedom and participated in the suffrage movement of America. Oh, there were free blacks at the time. Not all blacks in America were slaves. Now, the 19th Amendment was passed 100 years ago on August 18, 1920. This evolution of America, voting rights, in 244 years shows how far we have come and how far we still as a country have to go. In 1848, Wisconsin entered the Union with the most liberal voting laws for white men. Meaning that they lived in Wisconsin for a year an immigrant and was planning on becoming a citizen, he could vote. He'd go and do cast his ballot and never be questioned again. In 1850, a group known as the Know-Nothings, they get that name, the Know-Nothings, created literacy laws that denied blacks and immigrants the right to vote. This was a veiled attempt to keep the vote in the hands of the white male population. Men and women of color would continue to fight the battle of discriminatory voting practices for decades, even after technically receiving the right to vote. Oh, we had to keep marching, keep fighting. 
culminating in the historical civil rights movement of the 1950s and the 1960s, which led to landmark legislation that transformed American voting rights. In 1856, North Carolina became the last state to remove property ownership as a requirement for voting. In 1868, the 14th Amendment grants African Americans citizenship, but not the right to vote. Ah, we were citizens, but we didn't have the right to vote. Oh boy, the struggle continues. In 1870, the 15th Amendment prevents federal or state government for denying the right to vote to citizens based on race. While this extended the right to vote to black men in the South, political leaders post-Civil War Reconstruction and Jim Crow enacted a slew of measures to keep African Americans from the polls. These included making black voters pass literacy tests, mandating voters to pay a tax to cast a ballot. Now that went on right on up until Believe it or not, it was still going on in the 60s in the South and throughout America, requiring black voters to get a white person to vouch for them. And I knew somebody white, and he was uh, a voter. He could come and vouch and say, oh, yeah, well, I know Rudy, you know, I know him, he's a good man. And uh, it's like being on the inside of the clique. And they would allow you to vote. But there were only one or two. And during that time, remember now, black people were Republicans. We were Republicans because Lincoln, the Republican Party, Lincoln was the first uh, Republican president elected on the Republican ticket after they changed their name from the Whigs to the Republicans. Wyoming in 1890 was the first U.S. state to grant women the right to vote. Meanwhile, Native Americans and Asian American women were often denied citizenship by the federal government. Meaning they could not vote on account of them not being recognized as citizens of the United States. In 1914, no, that's 1924, the Indian Citizenship Act was passed, giving Native Americans full citizenship. Now notice that given Native Americans full citizenship. In 
after the country had been taken from them, they still had to beg and plea to participate in the system. But many states still disenfranchised them at the polls. And many Indians during that time assimilated into the system and done everything, went to Indian schools and learned English, uh, gave up their religious practices and all that to participate. As most people in America, when they come to America, they give up a lot to become an American. Now, the McCary-Walter Act of 1952 lifted all restrictions on Asian immigrants becoming naturalized citizens and exercised their right to vote. But this didn't happen until 1952, long after the women gained the right to vote in 1920. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 expanded Asian American voting rights even further by adding protection and accommodation for voters with limited English, such as access to translators and ballots in multiple languages. In 1971, Congress voted to lower the voting age from 21 to 18. And the reasoning for that was because the war was going on in Vietnam. And uh, young men, such as myself, who was a young Marine in Vietnam at the time, I couldn't vote. Though I was out fighting a war, but I had no voting power. While voting rights in America have come a long way towards ensuring equal ballot access for all, Many argue that the overtly racist Jim Crow laws of the past have given way to discriminatory policies like voter ID laws, cuts to early voting, uh, polling place closures, and limits to pre-registration. Now, for a country that says uh, that voting is the cornerstone to American democracy, why then have we had the problem that we have in the denial of other citizens? And it's because of racism. Oh, yes. That's such a contradiction going on here. But that's America. America's full of contradictions. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Contradiction. While they were talking all of that, slavery existed. Yet, the founding fathers were espousing uh, liberty, freedom, justice so 
if you can get past all of these contradictions, America would be so great if white America would just go ahead on and accept uh, the fact that founding fathers left room for the country to grow. But you can't grow if you keep teaching racism and practicing racism. So if we get rid of racism in America, oh boy, you're talking about growth. <laughs> We'd be on Mars right now, living. So if you plan to vote on November 3rd, 2020, check with your local election board to make sure that you're registered to do so because a lot of times they take you off the roll without you realizing it and in some states if you have been in prison you don't have the right to vote so make sure that you check with that election board and uh, find out whether you are eligible to vote and as always, we're all better able to engage in contemporary debates about the shape of our democracy and the power of individuals and groups to determine its future. When we better understand the people, places, and events of the country. that have shaped our past. White, black, Latin, Asian. We all make a difference here. We're a melting pot. But sometimes that melting pot uh, gets a little sticky. And in 2020, there's no better way to understand that history than exercising your right to vote. Biden Harris 2020. Make it happen. And take a friend to the poll on November 3rd and make America better. Until next time, this is Rudolph saying vote November 3rd, 2020.